This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hey guys, here's a message from one of our partners, Spider VPN. As we all know, browsing the internet can be full of hidden dangers and snoopers, but you can easily protect yourself and at the same time get access to all your favourite websites and streams by using Spider VPN. They have some amazing offers right now and I come highly recommended. Check them out at spidervpn.org and uh, get yourself some great offers now. And don't forget to mention Dazzling Dave or Always Wolves to get yourself a real nice discount. That's spidervpn.org. Good evening to everyone and welcome to another edition of Extra Time. Obviously, this one we're going to be talking about is our team, Wolverhampton Wanderers, and their fine victory, 2-1 victory over Everton, Monday night football, under the lights, at the Golden Palace that we call Molyneux. Obviously, because it was a late, late one last night, we didn't do extra time after the show, after the game, um, because I'd, everyone would be absolutely either at their heads, tired, and it would be 2am in the morning one, and most people will be asleep. So we've done extra time the day after today. And um, if you're listening in the, uh, in the chat, watching in the chat, please uh, let us know where you're all uh, watching from in the world. Please smash a like on the video because it does let YouTube know that you enjoy uh, the content and feel free to share on any Facebook groups or WhatsApp. And boy, do we have a lineup of great guys and gals today. Yes, we do. Currently backstage, we've got Paul, Andy, Josh and Jack all Avid Wolves fans, we will be joined by uh, uh, Amy a little bit later. But we also have Spencer, who is, I'd say, two-thirds Everton, one-third Wolves. We'll get on to that later. And we've got Tactically Everton. And I'm, I'm really excited to be speaking to, to him because 
if there's anyone that knows what's uh, what's what with Everton in terms of tactics, it's got to be tactically Everton. And I want to thank everyone for joining. So let's quick before we get started, let's have a look uh, where everyone's saying they're from. I have loads of people saying hello in the chat. Um, and we've got uh, we've got Kieran from Ireland, All Brighton. We've got David in Sweden. David Powell, we haven't got anyone from Sweden on the international fan, so that would be great. Andy Johns is over in Amsterdam at the moment. Lucy's Wensfield. Stuart's in the tropical utopia of Stafford. Uh, we've got Derbyshire. We've got uh, Gerardo from Viva, Mexico, Viva Wolves. Uh, Swandico, Derbyshire. Um, oh, my goodness me. We've got, we've got Bradmore, Wolverhampton. We've got Maxi, who's down under in Australia. Um, we've got all over the world joining us. But um, we're going to get stuck in straight to the show. We're going to kick off, first off, uh, with friend of the show, Paul. Hello, Paul. How's it going, mate? Hi, Dave, and good evening to everyone joining in tonight. It's amazing to see so many people joining in from across the world, brought together by this Extra Time show. I know we've got another chap here uh, over in the US of A. Tony's from London and from Lisbon. I'm not sure if he's there at the same time, because that would be special. Uh, Tony Bernardo. Uh, and we've got loads of you saying um, hello to you, Paul, as well on the chat. And I'm sure you want to say hello, but you're getting a bit, bit, of, a, bit of a reputation. You're a regular on the show. And uh, you managed to squeeze yourself in again tonight, mate. Yeah, um, meant to be meeting up with the Villa fan, but I cancelled him to come on the show instead. <laughs> well, you got it. That, there's your priorities. I mean, at the end of the day, you've only, you've only. I had a bit of banter at work today because one of them's the, uh, one of them's a Villa fan, and all you have to say is, "Mind the gap," and yeah. they're very, very quiet. Uh, to be honest, as you know, I do love to call Villa Aston Vanilla. Um, as well as the uh, the Albion, the West Birmingham Baggy Birds. <laughs> yeah. I heard that from somewhere. I've picked it up. So, Paul, uh, you were at the match yesterday? I was indeed, yeah. And, and uh, where about we sit in the North Bank? I'm Billy Wright. Billy Wright up at W6, I sit. Oh, you were in the Billy Wright last night. Yeah. And what was your take on the, uh, the game, mate? First half was just mesmerising. I really, really enjoyed watching us play. Um it was interesting because I don't know if you went to the open training session on Thursday. I did not. But um, the way the drills that Bruno was making the players do, when you watched the performance last night, it was really clear that the drills they were doing were very linked to what was happening on the pitch on Monday. And the the aim of the training session was all about strikers, uh, the, the front three, coming off the defenders and basically linking together with the fullbacks getting high and wide. And you could see that in the first half. So um, it must be very rewarding for the manager and the players to see the fruits of their practice being borne out in an exhilarating first half an hour. And I'll tell you what, I think that's the, that first half, Paul, was the best we've played since the opening three games of the season. I mean, the, the opening three games of the season, the football was very much like that, without any end product. Obviously, yeah. we, we battered Tottenham, we battered United, we battered Leicester. Tottenham, as we know, dodgy penalty. Um, United, dodgy refereeing. 
And then Leicester, it was just a clinical finish from uh, from Vardy, but we couldn't put the ball in the net. But my goodness, we could have been 5-0 up at half-time last night. It wouldn't have been um, an unfair score if we'd have gone in at half-time 3 or 4-0 or up. I mean, the, the VAR goal um, was so close to being onside. Pickford's made a couple of other really good saves. He made, he made a absolute brilliant save. Pickford did that tip over from Trincao. Yeah, and I, I've been so... So critical of our first half performances going back for quite a while now, not just under Bruno, but it was so refreshing to see us really take the game by the scruff of the neck. And um, it'd be interesting to hear what the Everton fans say, but their performance in the first half was so inept um, and it really contributed, I think, to making us look really good. They just weren't, they weren't getting close to Neves Um if you there give him space, he will run the show, and that's what happened he was. Absolutely, and our forwards, like I said about this training exercise, they were coming off the defenders, and they were really finding those pockets of space between the defenders and the midfield so well. And you'd think a manager with the expertise of Rafa Benitez, when they've just conceded five goals to arguably one of the worst teams in the league. You'd Five think, goals and four of them were in the last uh, many minutes. I couldn't believe yeah. it was a, game, a collapse. And I was so surprised that they weren't looking a lot more solid. I was expecting to see a reaction from them, and it just didn't happen at all. And although you know you have to put the finger of blame at them, you also have to congratulate us for an absolutely enthralling first half an hour in particular. Oh, it was uh, it was fantastic, wasn't it? And, um, you know, I think, uh, I mean, night games at Molyneux are always kind of special, uh, yeah. the lights and everything. We haven't had one in a while. And uh, you've got to say, I mean, the Everton fans, they, you know, they packed out uh, the lower Billy Wright. They sang their hearts out. I don't know what was going on in one corner because they seemed to be fighting amongst themselves at one point. I don't know if you saw that, what was going on with the... I don't know what was quite going on there. In the left-hand side, there was something that was going on. Um, but, you know, you just felt... I think it was sort of like that 60th minute mark in the second half that we just seemed to have just took a breather and we kept didn't quite get in the ball back. And Everton were having a sustained period of, special, of pressure. And I was thinking, I hope we get through this uh, without conceding. And then obviously, 2-1, 2-0, if it goes to 3-0, if Raul scores at 3-0, it, it's the post. It's game over. We go on and win four or five. But it didn't go in. And, um, you know, credit to Everton. They came back into it well in the second half. I thought Fabian Delph probably made a big difference for them when he came on. Yeah, we were saying that he was he was occupying the gaps that we were exploiting in the first half, but he was he's also good on the ball uh, with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, Everton really did come back into the game second half, and there'd have been big questions asked if they hadn't, because you expect a team that's been so poor two 0 down, they've got to come out, haven't they, in the second half and and take the game to us. So I guess that wasn't completely surprising, and it was really hard to maintain that level of performance for 90 minutes. Well, we nearly gifted them that one goal, that mix-up at the back when, uh, I mean, Sars had a great season and goalies can make mistakes. Yeah. And we were like, heart-in-mouth moment, that was. Both both he and uh, 
Cody just managed to do enough to stop Richarlison, who generally always scores against us, yeah, from does, having a yeah. tap in. Um, and then, to be fair, Saab pulled out an absolute... It's like, as I say, Pitch, uh, uh, Pitchford what, yeah, made a couple of great saves. It was like Saab hold my, hold, hold my beer and then pulled out that great save off the header yeah. on around about 84 minutes. And that was the chance for Everton to get the points. And uh, he made a blinding save. Yeah, everybody stepped up and did the job. There's not one one player yesterday that uh, had a poor game. Everybody contributed to that win. I mean, I'm sure you'll ask later about man of the match and so on, but you you've got to say that everybody was really um, doing their bit to make sure that we got over the line. Absolutely. And um, talking about your man of the match and performance ratings and how you saw the game, what? Uh, who, who impressed you last night? And, you know, I guess it's hard to pick a man of the match, but we're going to go through everyone and see yeah. who comes out on top tonight. And uh, obviously your performance rating. It is quite difficult to pick. Um, but I think um, overall, I'd have to say uh, Ruben Neves. I can't believe sometimes that he plays for us. Is that good? His range of passing, um, the way that when we haven't got the ball, he contributes so much in terms of his positioning, pressing, uh, winning the ball back. And I think he was, I, I know um, you could argue for other players as well, but I think he was probably the one player in the first half that was really running the show. And uh, I feel really privileged to watch him play for us. So um, he'd be my man of the match. And my performance rating, I'm probably going to go with a nine. I know over, overall in the second half, it tailed off a bit. But I'm still on a high now, 24 hours later from that. And um, I really enjoyed just watching us play that much that I'd give it a 9 out of 10. 9 out of 10. And to be fair, mate, I mean, if you would have got something out of them three first three games, I mean, and we're on 16 points now from 10 yeah. games where Brighton, everyone said they've had a fantastic start to the season and Brentford, we're above them. Yeah. We're above Tottenham. And I've got to say this, and people laughed at me when I said it, after the third game of the season, and Tottenham were top. And I got laughed at, and I said, at that point, I said, we will finish above Tottenham. And that was seven games ago. And, um, you know, Tottenham are now below us in the table. I know they've just appointed Conte, but we should just take a moment to uh, reflect on the... Nuno's reign at Tottenham, and what what are your thoughts on uh, on that? Probably the wrong person at, at the wrong time at the wrong club. Um, I mean, it's it's harsh in some ways that they haven't given him longer to try and implement his style. Um, and I do. It's sad to see him really flop so bad. Not that I want him to do especially well, because I want us to finish above them. Um, but yeah, I mean, in hindsight, I know it would have been an honour for him probably to take that job, but he probably would have been better off having a longer break and choosing a, a more, sorry, a less dysfunctional club because then there's a lot of factors in the background. <clears throat> They're really not helping things there, such as the Kane saga. So um, yeah, it is a bit, a bit sad really to see him get the chop and but one thing's for sure I, I won't forget what he did for us and especially in those first 
three seasons. I think you've got to say that. I mean, uh, obviously, Nuno, you know, took us from the bottom half of the Championship to the quarterfinals of the Europa League. Two seventh place finish, a difficult season last year with yeah. Raul, got us to 13th. The football was starting to come south. We've seen the difference, actually, under Bruno. So, maybe, you know, there, there was stuff behind the scenes and it might have been time. I mean, I think a lot of us wanted to give him this year. But to be honest, when you look at him in the, in the Tottenham, um, he never looked. He, he never looked right. The Tottenham fans never wanted him. He was that seventh choice anyway, and um, he just looked like the shell of the man that we we know. It's like he just looks sad, which is sad to see, isn't it? It is sad to see, and uh, that's why I think having a spell out of the game just to reinvigorate himself would have been would have been good. But I don't know if um, you've. You've caught any of the Monday night football? Um, Jamie Carragher was doing some really good analysis on us last night. Was it? No, I've not seen it. I've watched yeah. the match back. The the second bit of it today, it was the re, the rerun just, but I, they didn't they didn't show the half the half time analysis or anything. So yeah, be, it was. It was, was. It was saying um, yes, they still play three four three, but this is a new a new Wolves, and he he brought out some stats which really supported that by saying um, showing about the pressing, the expected goals, the expected goals against, and basically we were improving in, in every area and also playing higher up the pitch as well. So it's nice. Um, it's interesting to see that analysis and really shows that change is happening um, and change for the better as well. Absolutely, mate. And um, just before we go on to the next people, I just want to... I let people know that I've actually put my name forward um, to do for the third year running the Molyneux Sleepout uh, in conjunction with the Good Shepherd and the Walls Foundation. Be sleeping rough overnight to help raise money for the Feed Our Pack campaign and obviously the food banks and also to help the homeless over Christmas um, in the cold weather have a shower, get some food, maybe somewhere to sleep. So if you can support me on that, I'm just going to drop the link in the chat. And it's also in the description below. If you can give anything um, to help towards that total, it would be very much appreciated. I'm doing that on the, the 12th of November. It's going to be overnight. Uh, and it's for one night. And these people have to do that every single night. So if you can uh, give anything to, to that, it would be much appreciated. And obviously, I'll do a little bit of a vlog to let you know how we get on with it as well. Paul? Um, thank you so much for uh, coming on. Are you going to Palace? I'm not. I'm doing Norwich instead. I'm doing Norwich as well, mate. Yeah, I've been trip. there for a few years. I went in the playoffs when we lost 3-1 about 20 years ago. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to going to that one. And uh, West Ham at home. Got tickets for my girls for that as well. So looking forward to that. Absolutely, mate. Well, thank you so much for coming on, um, Paul. And, um, you know... You know, you always speak so, so well. And it was definitely well worth you uh, dropping the uh, Aston yeah. Vanilla fan uh, today. Yeah. He's probably, you know, looking at that gap on his front step at the moment. <laughs> getting bigger every day. <laughs> They're getting bigger every day. Did you know the ironically they were singing that to us at 2-0? It didn't go down very well, did it, when they lost 3-2? But we're still... 2-0 yeah, on your big still, day out. 2-0 on your big day out, mind yeah. the gap. and then it's Had a great like, big day out, I did. It was a brilliant day out. That <laughs> vlog is one of the best ever. Right, cheers, Paul. Yeah, cheers, everyone. See you soon. Cheers, man. 
So that's Paul, a friend of the show. We're going to bring on next Tactically Everton. I'm not sure what the gentleman's name is, but I'm sure he's going to give us a real good insight onto Everton, Rafa Benitez and what's going wrong there at the moment. So, hello, mate. Welcome to the show. Hello, Dave. How are you? I'm not too bad. Thanks for coming. What, what's your actual name? Uh, Matt. So, oh, you're Matt. Fantastic. You. So, you would have... Uh, I don't think you went last night, but you would have watched the game. Tell us a little bit about Tactically Everton first before we uh, crack on. Uh, so, I started it at the start of this season, uh, just sort of giving a little bit of insight into uh, Everton games, um, sort of uh, t mostly a tactical side um, rather than just ranting and raving like a lot of fans do. Um, but yeah, just trying to give my, my insight. Um, I do a bit of football coaching, things like that. So, I sort of look at a game... Um, in a bit more depth than maybe some people do. Um, and yeah, so I started that last, yeah, in August. And um, yeah, it's sort of slowly growing at the moment and nearly at 4,000 followers now. So it's doing doing pretty well. People seem to enjoy it. Well, that's good. So you, you analyse the game a little bit more in depth than the average fan, do you? Yeah, I'd like to think so. That's why it's, I think it's, a lot of people are interested in it. Um, yeah, it's just sort of going into a more depth statistical uh, analysis. Um, well, I'll tell you what, Matt, we're really interested on your in-depth statistical analysis of uh, the last night's game. Um, how did you see it from your perspective? Uh, from an Everton perspective, it was, it was a very poor one, um, especially the first half. Um, second half, it improved, uh, but first half was, it was so clear that the two in midfield wasn't working. Uh, they weren't shielding the back four. Jimenez and uh, Wang He Chan were just dropping in between the lines and getting on the ball so, so often. Um, the centre backs wouldn't follow them, and the midfield couldn't track them either. So they were getting in such big gaps. Anytime either Allen or Gabamin pushed forward, the gap that they left was so so big. Um, obviously, we introduced Delph in the second half and tucked Townsend into the middle. Um, and it, it did improve. We saw Delph getting on the ball, getting a bit more space. But by then, to be honest, the damage was done, realistically. And the amount of times Neves got on the ball was was ridiculous, to be honest. I think he touched the ball 95 times in the game, um, wow. which if you look over an average of a season, that's really, really high. Um, and then the amount of balls he was spraying everywhere to the attacking wing-backs who we also couldn't deal with, um, he just absolutely ran the game, to be honest. Yeah, well, I mean, you started off reasonably positive this year. I mean, it's a funny one for Everton fans, isn't it? Um, because you got the Benitez factor. It's kind of like the um, almost the Steve Bruce factor at um, Newcastle. Although he's a Newcastle fan, he managed Sunderland. And obviously Benitez, you know, Liverpool legend manager. And then obviously he's... Is managing now at Everton, and I know there's a quite a few Liverpool fans that have got him on their sleeve, and that might not be something that they're that pleased about at the moment, you know, tattoos and stuff like that. But I mean, has he won the fans over, or there's a still a rumbling underneath that they're of discontent? And how do you think it's going to end? What, what I sort of I feel like you've got a few, you've had a few injuries as well, haven't you? Where are Everton balancing in their season right now? Well, I think, like you said, the first few games, we started well, started really well. Um, we looked a lot more compact, a lot more defensively sound. 
Um, and I think he did, really did win over a lot of the Everton fans that were doubtful because there was a lot. Um, I don't know if you saw a lot of the protests, you know, banners outside his house, things like that. Outside of Benitez's house? Yeah, there was there was banners outside with like sort of death threats and things like that. So that's just ridiculous. Yeah, it wasn't nice. It wasn't nice to see. But um, but yeah, after that, after the first few games, I think everyone got on board. And then obviously the injuries hit. We'll get last night without Digne, Calvert-Lewin, Decore, some key players. Um, and yeah, obviously the last few three games now we've lost. Um, so if you look at social media at the moment, it's a lot. It's got a lot more hostile. Um, and I think with another manager that hasn't got his Liverpool background, he'd get more of a chance, more of, you know, cut him a bit of slack. But where there's already a lot of doubters, it's it's not easy for him. No, I mean, you've got Spurs, haven't you, next? And it's like the new manager bounce. He's like, if you, there's probably one team you don't want to play next. It's probably Conte's first match. Um in charge of them because they're going to, you know, the new manager bounce. You could go one or two ways. You could go, you could end up thrashing them or it could end up being on the end of uh, of that new manager bounce. It's probably not the ideal fixture for you next up, is it really? No, definitely not, especially with the injuries we've got. It doesn't look like many of them will be back for the weekend as well. So, yeah, it's you, probably the worst time to play them. You're looking forward to getting to that international break again and having a little bit more time to get the players back and regroup. Yeah, definitely. Normally, it's the worst couple of weeks ever, international breaks, but uh, quite looking forward to this one. <laughs> no, absolutely. And so, I mean, you know, it's... I, I think, I mean, what did you make of Wolves uh, this season and what did you make of Wolves last night? So, obviously, started not poorly, but weren't getting the results they wanted. Um, but you can see now it's sort of all clicking, coming together. There's a clear style of play, you know, you want to get the win-backs involved, uh, the forward players getting on the ball as much as possible. Um, I was dis- I was happy to see no Traore yesterday, but the, the threat of tri- uh, Trincao and um, Huang He Chan, you know, they didn't even need him. So, no. so much, yeah, when you've got Neves controlling games, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it was very impressive. Mm-hmm. And last night, just defensively looked solid. Um, like I said, Neves running the game and, and the wingers supporting Jimenez, who if you give him the opportunities and we gifted one ourselves, he's going to put him away. You know, he did start slowly this season, but he's, he'll find the back of the net eventually. I have to say he reacted very well to that back pass because it, it, there was another defender in front that if he'd reacted quicker, should have got there. But he was right on it and the finish, the dink finish was just, you know, that's a striker that's got his confidence, got his mojo back. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You can't give a player like that that sort of time and space to go one-on-one. Definitely not. No. So, just to finish off with there, uh, Matt, because it's been brilliant having you on, um, who would you uh, give your Everton man of the match to and what would you give your Everton performance rating last night? An Ever- Everton man of the match? Yes, if you can find one. Wow. Okay. Um, well, for the second half performance, I'd have to say Fabian Dell. Um, I don't think anyone really gave a performance above a four other than him. Um, he came on, controlled the game a bit more than the first half. Um, other than that, I probably couldn't give it to anyone else. Um, in terms of an overall rating, three. Well, that's the, I'm, I'm taking it. Neves is your man of the match from the Wolves' perspective last night. 
Yeah, I'd say never saw Wang Hee Chan. I thought he picked up really good positions and he was always a threat for us, but uh, for you, sorry. But in terms of controlling the game, it has to be Nevers. Fantastic, mate. And um, if you want to work, you, have you, you got, you've not got a YouTube channel yet, have you? No, no. I'm all, there's little things hopefully coming up, maybe a podcast and things, but at the moment it's just the Twitter account. So, yeah, so if you want to find Matt on Twitter, you can find him on Tactically Everton. Mate, thanks ever so much for uh, for coming on. I much appreciate it. Maybe we'll get you on on the preview uh, for the return fixture up at Goodison later on in the season. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. You're welcome, mate. We're a good bunch on here. They've been ni- they're nice. They're not. They're a nice bunch. Uh, good community we got on the channel. So, you know, they always re- uh, have a, play a lot of respect uh, if we have fans on from other clubs, and they always make you feel welcome. They they are a, a really good community. So much appreciated, mate. Thank you. Yeah, no worries. Take care. See you later. Cheers, man. So that was uh, Matt from Tactically Everton, top lads. Uh, and it, you know, he, he committed to coming on before the uh, the match, and you know, we've had that with other fans before. They've committed to coming on, and then they've lost, and then they've disappeared. Not this man. Matt came on anyway, and uh, it's much appreciated. So as you can see there, uh, respect Matt, take care Matt, cheers Matt. Um, lots of people being really, really positive. So, you know, nice Matt and everything like that. So much appreciate. So next up. We have Andy, hello, in the motorhome. That's right. <laughs> Not the camper van. Van life. Where in the world are you today, mate? Uh, back over towards Lutterworth. I have no idea where that is. <laughs> Lutterworth? Yeah, go on. <laughs> Near rugby. Near who? Rugby. Oh, I know. Yeah, rugby. So we, that gives me a better idea. So you're over there. Did you ever get to Yorkshire? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. He did make yeah. it in the end. Uh, yeah, Stuart we did get Kelsey, up there, yeah. Bit oh, cold. Hello, he loves the bus. Um, <laughs> so, you know, you see uh, Andy come on every so often. I'm guessing you watched it on the live stream that you get from the motorhome over there. Yes, yes we did, yes. I had to put up with the awful commentary on the uh, Sky. Yeah, and I, I can imagine. And what was your take on the game, mate? Oh, absolutely brilliant. I absolutely loved it. I I was hoping you'd do this tomorrow night, last night, sorry, because I was buzzing last night, you know. Couldn't stop smiling. (laughs) Although the second half got a bit nervy, I must admit, but the first half was terrific. Yeah, typical Wolves, that was second half. We couldn't quite get that third goal. We're still waiting for that one where we're going to beat someone four or five nil. We're still waiting. It could have been last night, but it wasn't. Yeah. But, um, in the end, it was a bit of a nervy uh, finish, wasn't it, mate? Absolutely. I, I think you're right. I think uh, Pickford was their best man of the match, I think, uh, because the way he saved a few shots of ours, you know, we we could have easily been 4-0 up at half-time, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then the second half, obviously, um, it was a lot more even. In fact, um, you know, Everton probably had ended up with more shots than us. We had about 62% possession, but, you know, they had a few shots, a few pot shots. Obviously, that one shot that uh, they blocked, but then it fell straight to the guy and he slashed it in. Saw made that great save. I mean, I mean, what, I mean, what, the trial is a, a, a bit of an enigma. I mean, he's still not signed his contract, you know, and it's a bit of a concern that we now 
getting towards the middle of November, the January window's going to open. If he's not signed his contract, would you let him go in January? Oh, you know what? You know I love Troy away. I've always said, no way can we let him go, you know. I've always said that. But last night's game, it makes you realise that, you know what? We're actually okay without him on the field as well. You know, we've got good yeah. enough players there. We can actually manage without him. He's an exciting player when he comes on, but it's always his final product that lets him down. And it's it, yeah, it, oh. it is. And Trinko had a good game last night, I think, didn't he? He did. I, I was quite impressed with him last night, and I, I actually like Aitnori as well. I think he played really well last night. Good yeah, to see him play. I know, and Samedo's had a lot of stick, but I thought he had a really good game last night as well. He yeah. looked like he got a point to prove. I thought yes, he was he did, really, yes. really, really good, to be fair. Um, I mean, um, where's Charlie? Where's Charlie? <laughs> I'll he show has... you. Oh, there he is. He's resting. <laughs> See, now, if that was... If that was Amy and Blossom, Blossom would be getting in on there now. By now, <laughs> we would have already strutted her stuff across the screen. So, you know. But Charlie's well, who, Amy? Right. Hey? who Amy would do that? No, not Amy. Blossom would strut her stuff across <laughs> the screen. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, in terms of, like, your man of the match and your score prediction? Uh, score prediction? <laughs> no, not score prediction. Duh, duh. So your man of the match... And your performance rating. Uh, you know what? Oh, there's so many players played well last night. I don't like to miss anybody out, but if i got to pick one, I, I still think Ain't Nori. I think he played really well last night. He stood out. Yeah. Ain't uh, Nori. That's interesting. I'm still pleased to see Jimenez doing so well now as well. I'm just so pleased for him. I'd like to give it to him, but I can't just base it on a goal. It's got to no. be during the whole game. And I think Ain't Nori did really well. And uh, I'd say, oh, for ratings, I'd say, uh, I'll oh, to split it. I'm sorry, I've got to split it in half here. First half, nine out of ten. Second half, seven. Yeah, seven. So you're going to go for an overall of an eight then? Go on then, but maybe 8.5. 8.5. Well, that's fairly positive, isn't it? That's fairly <laughs> positive, uh, that is. And yeah, I think it was a good game, you know. Overall, you know, and obviously you watching it went from where you were. Did Charlie get involved with the game or is he just like, oh, there oh, he goes again? He moans all the way through, but then again, I'm here like tearing me out, well, tearing me air out and, uh, you know, screaming at the monitor art, you know. And I say, anybody else watched it on Sky? Oh, my God, you'll know what I mean about that co-commentator's driving me mad, weren't she? <laughs> <laughs> Talk about pro-Everton. <laughs> oh, well, that's sometimes how it is, isn't it? You know, I mean, it, it, but we're up to seventh, mate. Uh, Palace next. If we can get a result there, goodness me, we have got a tough December coming, but we can put ourselves into a really strong position. And especially if we're in a good position come January, it's certainly going to encourage players to come to us as a team on the rise. But I much appreciate you coming on again, mate. They've got to, they've got to get in that top four because got that bet on, don't forget. I know, I know. And I, was, I remember when I did the podcast and I was saying, like, Dave, you're eternally optimistic. But, you know, the, we carry on playing like we're doing. We don't pick up any injuries and we can strengthen in January. You know, anything is possible. But it's still early days. I mean, you know, four points behind City. What yeah, can we say? Know. We've got to play them, yeah. That's a, that's a six-pointer. I'm mm. in dreamland again. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> nice one for coming on, mate. No problem.
Nice to see you again. Cheers, Andy. See you later. Now, we do have a major announcement to make. Yes, she does still exist. For all of you Amy fans that have been screaming out for Amy, well, she's here. <laughs> hello. Goodness me, hello. Hello, Merry you came. Yeah, your social life is ridiculous. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I'm just very busy with social life and trying to get fit again and um, working. <laughs> I feel like now that everything's reopened, it's just everything's gone a little bit mad. So, hi, everyone. <laughs> it's good to have you on and co-host, and we'll get everyone on in a minute and see Blossom's already poking her head. <laughs> of so, course. You know, they're all they're all coming on now, look. Sobered up, Amy. Hello, Steve young Council. Amy. How do you know I've been drinking? <laughs> um, Kieran, hi, Amy. So they're all, they've been asking where you are. Oh, oh look. Merv, hi, Amy. Hiya. It's good to have you back. But uh, <laughs> I was another one here, and Blossom as well. Oh, yeah, she's Thank here. She's just, she's yeah, doing a business. Well, not literally so you, doing a business. <laughs> you was there last night, weren't you? Yeah, of course, of course. Um, in the North Bank, as always. So, yeah, it was. It was. I mean, the first half was absolutely fantastic, wasn't it? As I'm sure you've already mentioned. Um, um, I couldn't quite get over how well they were playing, and you just knew and feared that Everton were going to come out in the second half and just absolutely kind of do what they did. Um, but thankfully, I think we played well enough in the in the first half and. Um, held it together um it was a bit squeaky bum time after they conceded the um the Everton goal but overall I think it was a really 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 good performance really promising um my only bugbear is Bruno's game management I just don't understand why he doesn't change the game quicker yeah, think... yeah, no, that's, that's something we talked about he always leaves it to sort of the last 15 10 minutes yeah he? and game. I think you could see it like 60 minutes those from three Obviously, Jimenez is pretty much up there now, but Bertrand Cowan and Wang are getting used to the physicality of the Premier League. And I think he should have changed it at 60 minutes um, or maybe 65. So it's just frustrating to watch as to why is it, you know, why is he not changing it quicker? And it's not the first time that I think I've thought that this season. Um, So I think... Um, Tony Jacomi influence, that's funny. Uh, <laughs> I'm not calm. <laughs> um, I think we don't have the options. I would disagree with that because the pedents completely changed the game at Villa and that was like 10 minutes. Yeah, Wang did knackered. I think having a Dharma on a bench is anyone's, um, you know, arson because you bring Triore on and you take out two players immediately because all three because he's just so quick so I think I just don't that's just what I can't get to grips and you know I sound the the results four wins out of five and you know unbeaten in five is you know fantastic and I think it was frustrating at the start of the season when they was playing really well really lovely football and but not getting the results and then they seemed to playing not so nice football and getting the results so I know which one I would take but I thought First half last night. The first half as well. They scored two goals in the first half as well. Oh, no. I mean, is it I, unreal? I actually, actually, at our end as well. I know. I know. I don't think I've 
being behind a goal scored for ages. Three, three if you count Wangs as well, because that was only well, just yeah, yeah, three. exactly. So um, so yeah, no, it was really good. It was it was really good evening. It was just a shame that they seemed to make hard work of it in the end. In after having such a promising first half, fashion. yeah, but and the only thing I can think of that is if he'd have changed the game at 60 when players were tiring, I, I just feel like it would have made everyone a lot more comfortable. Um, that was my only bugbear last night. Other than that, I thought it was fantastic. No, absolutely. And, and, um, are you who for you personally was your man of the match and performance rating? Um, Neves was my man of the match. I think he controlled that midfield like second to none um, last night. I feel like in previous seasons, Jao has kind of taken the lead, but I feel like now Neves, um, this season especially, where I've seen him, is just growing in confidence um, every game. And I just feel like some of, some of the movement in the middle of the park was just unbelievable to watch. But I thought Jimenez, like, that goal, Wolves don't score goals like that. Usually when that's a Wolves player, something goes wrong with it being like a chip or it doesn't quite work out, but it was an absolute masterclass of a goal from Jimenez and it was a lot harder than it looked. Oh, um, my God, it was instinctive, wasn't it? How he I finished know. That. So it's just so nice to see him like coming back again. Um, but then I thought, hey, Nori had a good game. Really pleased with Max Kilman because I've always been a big fan of Max Kilman. Um so yeah, so I thought it was a good all-round team performance. I don't, I don't necessarily, I couldn't pin out someone that I didn't think played their part last night, which was really nice to see because there's been a few games recently that you've watched and you thought, oh, they could have been better. So I thought it was, it was overall really, really good team performance. It's just a shame that they put us through the mill a bit in the last Leeds, twenty-five minutes. Leeds the light one. Obviously, I think everyone agrees Leeds deserves something out of that game last week. We had it held on for two for another two. We'd have been now on eighteen points. It's crazy to see uh, how things can change. We've just got to. Wolves always seem to get to that position. Like, like last night, we win, we go seventh, and then we drop it. But we managed to see it through. And I thought that in the end, we start. We did look strong towards the end. Saar pulled off that one save. We could have had yeah. four more goals. I think. Sars distribution, I'm just being more impressed with. I think you just make a few odd calls and stuff. I think sometimes you wish too much, but um, yeah, I think his distribution is something that Rui was definitely lacking. Um, so that's really positive as well. Um, but yeah, I was really, really, really pleased. I think they needed to win last night because I think Palace is going to be a very tough game on Saturday. I think it will be. I think it definitely will be. And what was your performance rating? I'm going to say an eight. Fantastic. Well, we're going to change the background now. Now we've got you back. And we're going to bring on our next guest. See, I've got it all prepared. And we're going to bring on young Jack next. Hello, Jack. Hey, yeah. Okay. Thank you for yeah, waiting. You? Not a problem. Not a problem. You all right? Absolutely. Yeah, you? yeah, not so bad. Not so bad. Always good after a win, isn't it? Absolutely. You, you lead uh, the questions with Jack. So, did you go to the game last night or did you watch it on um, no, MS? I was there, North Bank oh. NU3, as always. Oh, nice. Gotta be, yeah. <laughs> um, what Can't was... be tonight under the lights, can you? 
No, it's just a bit weird it being a Monday night, though. It felt like it was a Wednesday today. Like, Do you anyway. know what? I, I'm not a fan of Monday nights because I always think you get you to the weekend, you've had a week at work, your, week, your football's the weekend. You've already started the new week, haven't you, by Monday night? And it's just, you know, Yeah, you do feel like great. you're waiting for it all weekend and then they obviously don't yeah. appear on match of the day, yeah. um, which is annoying. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, so who was, um, what were your overall thoughts thoughts of the the game? I mean, I thought at the start, Dave said that that was as well as we've played since the opening three games. I think that's the best, the first half is the best we've played all season. Yeah. Because I agree. Yeah, it's more clinical. The cutting edge was there as well, wasn't it? And, it was more know, organised as well. I felt like there yeah. was a lot of, in the first few games, it was all, it was quite pretty football, but it wasn't very, um, I don't know what the right word is, not very um, constructive or it just, it just was a lot of passing, wasn't it? And yeah. lots of going forward. But every time, I don't think it was out of their half for the good first 20 minutes. I think there might no. have been about two minutes of play within the Everton half in the first half anyway. In yeah. our half, sorry. Um, and, and I just think we um, we just controlled the game, didn't we, in the first, probably first hour. And we got a little bit tired after the hour, I think, which is kind of understandable when you're playing front foot, pressing football. We were aggressive. We, like we said, we were sharp. And then, like we said, we just got a little bit tired. Midfield, Delft came on, probably changed the game, which you don't say that very often about someone like Fabian Delft. But sometimes you just need someone in the middle to run. And that's all he did for Everton. And there's extra body. And he... I don't think it changed the game because I thought we still deserved to win. But like we said, with the, the tiredness creeping in, they came a little bit further up the pitch. Whether we could have made some subs earlier, possibly. But I actually like the fact that Bruno kind of gives the players that he starts a chance to, to see out the game if he can. I mean, I mean, like, you know, I don't want to turn it into a Bruno versus Nuno thing, but Nuno would probably have made all his subs by 70 minutes yesterday. And he'd have brought an extra defender on and we'd have just sat and defended the box for the last 20 minutes, which just invites pressure, doesn't it? And then it only takes a mistake or something daft with VAR to, to go wrong and you've lost the points. Whereas I think actually it was quite good to see Bruno saying, you know what, the play, I'll pick these players, go and do the job for me and then I'll take you off if I have to. So I was, I was quite pleased with that. I think it, it works well when you've got players that you, you put your trust in. I mean, when, when the team came out, we all thought, Trinkel, I'm not 100% sure, but I thought he was really, really good. And you could see why he picked him because he picked those little pockets of space in the first half in between their defence and midfield. They were playing a 4-4-2, so you do get those spaces, which I don't think Traore would have got into and I don't think Pedence would have necessarily either. So I think it was it was a, a good move to bring him in and, and I was pleased that he played well. And the other thing with Trinko, when he played against Newcastle, he was great and then he missed a sitter and just went into his shell. And he didn't do that last night. He kept showing for the ball after it, so that was a real positive. Yeah. But yeah. on the subs things though, I understand the point of like trusting the eleven players, but if you've got those additional players available, is it not best to make use of them if um players do look tired? Possibly, but again, I think sometimes your substitutions you can just it gives the opposition confidence if they see I mean when, when we played Villa the other week with ten minutes to go, we scored and you just saw them shrinking and you thought, We've got this. This is ours now. And I think sometimes you can do that with your substitutions as the opposition. You can say to the team, we're a bit worried now. We're going to bring on a neck. We're going to bring Dendonker on. We're going to bring Bolly off the bench. We're going to, we want, we want to see off this result. We were probably still thinking, Bruno was probably thinking, this is going to be 3-1, not 2-2. If anyone's going to score in these last 10 minutes, it's going to be us. 
And I think that's probably why he kept the players on as long as he did, because he felt with the way that we were playing, especially on the break, that if there was another goal in the game, it would be us. Because ultimately... We got it, didn't we? I mean, Raul, it, yeah. did, it was a great move that ended up with Raul heading the outside of the post. And then it was another great move. And, and to be honest, Wang was instrumental in both of those on that left-hand side uh, running. The first one, he uh, looked up, chipped the ball over. It was a little bit too far for um, Samedo. He knocked it back in and Raul headed against the post. And then um, the one for Trincao, again, how he, he knocked the ball in, in between two. Trincao did everything right apart from the finish at the end. Yeah. He, he made the space and he just lashed at it a little bit, a bit more composure. Um, one thing I'd like to ask you, Jack, is as well, well the situation with Traore at the moment. We talked about a lot last night. Still not signing the contract. Pedro Neto coming back in uh, in in the new year. If he's not signed his contract, there's probably going to be people coming in again for him. Should Wolves cut their losses and take the money? Because obviously 18 months left of his contract. Or do you think he's, he's still going to... Because he's been rumoured he's close to signing his contract for so long. It's a, it's a difficult one. I mean, for me, when Neto's fit, Neto plays because he's the best wide player we've got, the best wide forward we've got, and he's one of the best outside the top six in the league, isn't he? So then you've got Pedence, Traore, Huang and Trinko playing for one other place. So, yeah. if anything, we're probably overstocked in the wide forwards. And if Traore is a saleable asset and someone's going to offer us, I'm not talking about, you know, undervalued. If someone comes in with 45 million, 50 million, something daft, then if that 40 million, 45 funds two players for Bruno to go and get the players that he wants, then it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? As much as, you know, we like Traore, he's an exciting player, he gets the fans up and on his day he's capable of things that there aren't many players in the league can do. But actually, you watch yesterday, without him even stepping foot on the pitch, we looked fluid, we looked confident, we created chances, we scored goals. We don't rely on him. And when you don't rely on a player and if someone offers you big money for them and you can use that money to improve your squad and your team, then there's an argument to say, well, why not do it? And what are your thoughts on that, Amy? Um, I think if we... I genuinely think we should keep Troy I think he's... You know, I understand the frustrations and don't get me wrong, I, find, I found him so frustrating over the years. However, when he... This what he can add to the team to me when he plays is irreplaceable. And like I just said last night, I just found it infuriating that he didn't bring them on. They started, I wouldn't say they started to struggle, but players up front started to flag um 60 minutes ish, 65 minutes, and then we obviously conceded, and then it's you know, one goal backs against the wall a little bit. I know I understand there were a few chances that were created, but Everton did have the majority of the chances in the second half. And I think that bringing, having that pace that you can bring on at any time, I don't particularly like it when Troyore starts. Um, I think there's only specific certain games that you can start with. But I can see it from a business perspective as well. You might cash him in. But then would you want to play against him for another team? I don't know. I just, I, it's, it is a difficult one, isn't it? it I don't, I don't know. I, I think it does add a dimension to the team that we're not going to find from someone else. Um, and that, for me, is why he's worthwhile keeping. But you don't know the reasons behind those. I don't particularly like talking about transfers because I think, you know, it is what it is. People come and go and you have to try and not get too attached to players if you can because you usually get 
broken hearted by them leaving or something. Um, so it's um, it is a tricky one, but I think yes, it's all the agents talk, don't they? So if they want to make a bit of a bop, bop, bop in their back pocket, then they will get him to go wherever they want him to go. I tell you what, this Traore saga is going to drag on a little bit because until he signs that new contract, I mean, Wolves want him to sign the new contract because they're going to get more money for him if they do sell him. And then if you leave a player getting into the last year of his contract, you can start to sign, you know, these pre-contract agreements and you lose someone that's, you know, potentially can bring in 40. It's a real, I think January is going to be interesting. He might still sign the contract. Jack, to finish off with, with you, mate, you've made some brilliant points, as has been said in the chat. Um, who's your personal man of the match last night? Who impressed you um, that played um, that hasn't previously? And what's your performance rating? Uh, I think man of the match, I think you'd have to go Neves. I thought he ran the game for 75, 80 minutes. Uh, and when, when he does that, we just play so much better. I mean, we missed him big style at Leeds last week. And I think it showed again yesterday when he came back into the team. He just controls things. Matinho gets about his business nice and quietly. And, and Ruben's kind of the star attraction, isn't he? He gets everything moving. Some of the passes he was playing were great from into the middle third to the final third. In terms of who hasn't played a lot this season, I think Eight Nuri was fantastic yesterday. And I think there was a real improvement in his defensive work. I mean, I remember last year when he came into the team, we all said, I like this guy going forward, but I'm not quite sure going back. Whereas yesterday, I thought he stood up really well, especially towards the end where they were putting a little bit of pressure on. He won the ball back. He was strong in the tackle. He was good in the air. And he just brings so much going forward. So... I think as much as Marcel's not done a lot wrong this season, I think it's got to be Ain't Nori's shirt from now on. I think he's got to be the, the one. I was going to ask you there. that. Would you bring uh, Marcel back in personally? I'm, I'm with you. I'd stick with Ain't Nori. I think one of the things that Bruno has said, once you've got the shirt, it's yours to lose. He's got the shirt now. And if he continues to put in those sort of level of performances, because I think he does add a bit more going forward as well, I think it's going to be difficult for Marcel to take that shirt back off him. Yeah, and we got we got an assist as well from the corner, didn't we, as well? And, you know, when we're talking about how effective we are at set pieces, that's another thing that he's going to bring, isn't he? Marcel isn't a great crosser of the ball, whereas Ait Nurik has got two assists this season now, hasn't he? He got one in the, in the cup against Tottenham. And he was Tottenham, taking so. a few corners last night as well. Yeah, yeah. So, again, he, he justifies his place on that as well, doesn't he? With, with what he can contribute from corners and free kicks out wide. 100%, mate. And what was did you say? Did you say your performance rating? Uh, I'd probably go eight point five. Eight point five. So fairly yeah. consistent across the board. I yeah. think you know it's the best performance we've seen in this run that we've been on. Yeah. It's going to be a tough, tough away day, as a lot of people are referring to into the because you know Palace are hard to beat. They've had a lot of draws. They've got a great win against uh, City. Uh, we go there next week, and I think it'll be a real test if we can come out with a point or even three from that. From that, I think we're really on to something this season. But it's going to be a big, big test because their confidence is going to be up after that last game. Yeah. I think if you look at the next four games, I think we've got uh, uh, Palace, West Ham, Norwich and Burnley, haven't we? If yeah. you could get two points a game, eight points from them four games, that sets you up. Because December's going to be tough with some of the fixtures we've got. Plus, they're all sort of squashed in over Christmas and New Year. It'd set us up really nicely if we could get some points from the next four. So, I, I think... I always say a point away from home is never a bad thing. If we get a draw at Palace, I'd be happy. So, but I mean, there's no reason why we can't go there and win either. 
So I agree with you. They've got, very, they've got a very attacking front three, and so have we. And I think it's going to be one in the midfield, uh, especially next week. It's going to be a battle, but I think we can do it. Jack, if we, stop, uh, if we stop Conor Gallagher playing, I think we've got every chance, haven't we? So I really like Conor Gallagher. I yeah. wish he'd have come to us instead of going to Palace after he yeah. left um, West Brom last year. Yeah, he's definitely a good player, but we'll, we'll wait and see what happens with that one. Jack, thanks ever so much, mate. No problem. See you all later. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Thank you. Bye. No worries. See ya. So, some great points uh, there from Jack. Next on, we've got Spencer, the two-thirds Everton, one-thirds Wolves fan. Hello, Spencer. Good to have you back. <laughs> I honestly have not been looking forward to an international break more than the one that is coming up. <laughs> I, I just... You reckon Rafa Benitez is doing like some kind of favour to Liverpool or something? I reckon he's doing it on purpose to get the Newcastle job. <laughs> yeah, um, back to Newcastle. There was a lot of things wrong with last night's game for us. I mean, as tactically Everton said, we left a big gap in the midfield. Um, Goodman was coming wide, and then Allen was tracking back with the centre backs, getting in Michael Keane's way, which wasn't helping. Um, Everton fans have been saying for a long time now we need a right back because we, we love Seamus Coleman but we need someone fast and who's going to be on their toes who can actually like keep up with a winger we didn't have that pace last night and the wingers as well um, I didn't see Andros Townsend until about the 30th minute to tell you the truth Yeah, and do you, I guess you watched it. I mean, as an Everton fan, were you very frustrated? I mean, what's the Everton fan base like at the moment with Benitez? It's mixed. It really is mixed. Like, the, I, I'm still for Benitez just as long because the only reason why I'm saying that at this moment is because we've got key players out, such as Digne, Mina, Decore, Calvert Lewin. Those are the those are the players personally that I feel like make our team. Like, because the core has always got that ball in the middle. He's strong. He knows what to do. And I think Alan as well. Like Alan probably wasn't playing at his best last night because he didn't really know what um, Guberman was doing. And there's no point in playing a player like Guberman who hasn't started since December 2019. Like we had Andre Gomez in our team who could have played, but we went for a silly option and it. Bitters on the head, pretty much. Mm, I think the what do you think? Because I I do think from a Wolves fan perspective, they did change their style of play in the second half. What do you what do you think changed the most? Because they did seem a bit more first. They just didn't they just didn't seem in the game at all. And but I think they did seem to be a bit more pressing and attacking in the second half. We didn't we didn't get into your box until the twenty sixth minute of the first half, which was shocking because it was just like we we let you guys just push us forward towards towards our goal, and that's what that's what happens. Obviously, we're going to concede, and what I ha- what I haven't been a fan of over the past few seasons with Everton, we pass around the back, and you don't get goals from passing around the back. No. No, no, it must be very. I think it must be very frustrating because obviously you had such a strong team last year with um, Ancelotti, and I think you, you just it was very you were very very positive, and I think it's it's just not gelling, is it yet this year? 
Well, as I said, key players. I, um, to be fair, I would have I'd rather have Anthony Gordon starting in in our lineup because when he came on, he was a, he was a really high impact player alongside Delph as well. Like Fabian Delph and Gordon, they probably lit a spark in the team to actually try and push forward within those final like 25, 20 minutes. But obviously, it never happened. I'm pretty sure in the first. Um, in the first 15 minutes of the second half, we had something like nine shots at goal. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah actually with more shots on goals than Wolves. I mean, end of the first half, Wolves had had four shots on target, Everton none. Yeah. And at the end of the second half, we'd had four shots on target, even though Rowell's hitting the post doesn't count. Um, Everton had had five. Um, so you, you had more shots in, in the end, but we had, I think, 62% possession. But, I mean, um, you know... Um, there's a point that's made here by Terence Spencer, what went wrong against Watford. And also, um, if I can find it, someone's mentioned here about here while Barry said we detect Wolves dictated the first half, Spence. I mean, what did you make of Wolves? Wolves were incredible. Do, do, do you know what Wolves reminded me of as well? Um, like, obviously, when I started ball boarding in the championship, just pressing and pressing and making sure that like the ball doesn't go in the opposition's half. And that's what they did. They kept it really compact and they used the wide players a lot more than we did last night and it worked. So to be fair, like from an Everton fan's point of view, I say Wolves deserve that win and it's killing me to say that really because we need points up. You're a Wolves fan really, Spence. No, I'm not. We all know you are. You've got Wolves shirts. Tell he me is, he is when it's not against Everton. You've not got a wool shirt in your in your room there. Have I? Tell me you haven't. I'm pretty sure I, I, I haven't seen them in ages, to be honest. I mean, I oh, haven't. So you admit you had one? Oh, obviously I have one. You know, there I you go. There you go. There no, you go. There you go. You're only winding you off. It's just the fact that I, I reckon... Everton just need that after the international break, like Calvert Lewin, he needs to get his toe intact because it seems to have disappeared because it has been broken for nearly five weeks now, pretty much. Um, but yeah, I don't even see the point in why we signed Rondon, to be honest. No, we, we got a bit of a boo last night, didn't we, when he came on being ex Albion? Do it on the TV. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, who have Everton got next? What's your next game? Oh, um, Spurs, yeah. Interesting um, one. Is that at, is that at Goodison or is that at the hot, Tottenham Hotspur? I'm not quite sure, but our next like three or four fixtures aren't healthy at all. Like the, I don't see us actually getting anywhere if we don't have the players that are missing. Mm. Especially Liverpool on the first of December, I'm terrified for that game. Especially because the amount of Liverpool fans that are at my college, it's going to kill well, me. It, well, it'll be it'll be interesting. Anyway, Spence, are you going to uh, give you give your Everton man of the match and performance rating, and uh, who who's your Wolves man of the match from last night? Everton man of the match, I'd have to say um, Fabian Delph when he came on. He was probably the one who changed the game for us. And um, team performance, I'm going to say four at least. There's, there wasn't really yeah. anything exciting to talk about. I'm pr- 
good effort from a Wolby for scoring that goal because obviously it went for, it pinballed through all the defenders and all the players. But it's not like, like Bruno. I'm going to say Bruno Lodge did his homework before this game, and obviously as um, I can't remember who, who who is it. I wasn't here for most of the start, but um, not about Paul. Yeah, Paul said um, something about all the tactics that were at the open session. Um, yeah. he's obviously done done his homework with what Everton were going to do and it worked yeah you you do read that a lot about Bruno is that his tactics he's like literally just comes with the tactic book and more, just reads the games the and games and games before the preparation from what like interviews Cody's doing and stuff sounds really quite in depth and detailed yeah Wolves man of the match I think everyone's said it so far Nevers in my opinion There's, he just controls that midfield really well Mm-hmm. We have had uh, we have had an eight nori as well, so you know. But Neves is uh, is winning. Spence, great to have you on, mate, uh, as always. And um, you know, keep the faith with your Everton. And I know that you got a season ticket down at Blackpool as well, ain't you? Yeah, I'm going to the Stoke game tomorrow. Yeah, well, they're not on a very good run at the moment, uh, Stoke. So uh, you might get some points there. So yeah, he's uh, he's got he's got he's two thirds Everton. Um, and well, say half Everton and then half quarter of Blackpool and a quarter Wolves. We all know it's Spence. <laughs> Take care, Spencer. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. Cheers. So we've just got two more callers to come on. We've got Josh followed by Steve. Um, so we're going to bring on next Amy. Um, it'll be the first time for you speaking to Josh. Hello, right. yeah. on again, mate. You're right. Yeah, I am. Are you? Yeah, all good, Tal. All good. Good. Did you go to the game last night or were you watching it on the telly? No, I was at the, 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 uh, the ground watching it in the South Bank. Oh, so. little South Banker in our mix. <laughs> um, the enemy. Jokes. Um, <laughs> how how did you find the game? I thought first, I'm going to say 40 minutes, to be fair. I thought it was the best, all first half, really. But it's the best we played for a long time in the first half, I think. Agree. Um, I don't think you can deny that. We kept picking that, but I know, as I've said, the pocket between the defence and the midfield, it kept all that front three, Huang, Jimenez and um, Trincao, were all feeding out in that gap. And it just kept going on all that first half. Mm. And then, um, it, it, I know some of them said Everton were playing 4-4-2. Look to me, they were playing like a five. To me, it really looked as if Iwobi was playing as a left wing back more than a left winger, whether that's because we pinned them back the way we were playing. But um, that first half, we were just unstoppable. It should, it should have been 4-0 at half-time, I thought. Oh, we, I definitely, I think, I think if we'd have gone in 4-0, no one could have complained, to be to be fair. Whereabouts in the South Bank were you then, at the back or the side or the front? I'm literally on, as you're looking from the North Bank, right-hand side, so S, S4, no, S... Yeah, S4, literally between the two S4 and SL4. So quite in the middle on the right-hand yeah. side there. Good atmosphere. Uh, you didn't get to see any Wolves goals your end last night. Um, no, no. <laughs> that normally happens down at the other end, they don't score. Yeah. So it was uh, it was nice to get a couple of ga- couple of goals down that end. I thought Molyneux was great. The fans were fantastic last night yeah. as well. Get me on the boys. As always. <laughs> it seems like as well, that was the one they were trying to get the Bruno Large's bar in the army going again. Like they did, yeah. did I think like Leeds tried to do last week. 
Oh, they were but, fantastic. Uh, Leeds fans last week. But, um, the, the, the atmosphere was good last last night again. It was. Uh, obviously, when it comes to a night game, we we put a bit more. It's a different atmosphere, isn't it, when there's a night yeah. game? But, um, it's nice under the lights, to be yeah. fair. It just was very cold. I was like, when did it get yeah. to winter? It was so cold. I need to find <laughs> my hat out. So I'm literally walking out the door. My mum says, You're gonna, it's going to be one degree. I said, oh, I'm like, no, nah, it's not. I'm glad I took the woolly out now. <laughs> my ears well, was freezing by the end. Yeah. I think, you, I think like most people have said, I think the way we moved the ball around last night, the confidence, the one touch, the little intricate triangles that they were making, the way we cut Everton apart and then, you know, yeah. pulled them from right to left and then created the space. Enough. They didn't know whether we were going to knock the ball into feet through the middle or whether we were going to knock it on the outside. Yeah. And they, for the first half, Everton were chasing shadows. And the yeah. one thing that, uh, I mean, I mentioned briefly, the one thing that really impressed me was the way we, the hunger to get the ball back when we lost it. Yeah. We, we literally... Got it straight back. I, yeah. I, they did tire, I think, as has been mentioned, around that 60, 60, yeah, 60 minute mark. I, I thought Huang and Trincao needed to be both, both needed to be pulled. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the um, lack of earlier substitutions? He's done it a few tight games in there. I didn't mind it against Newcastle because, like my brother said, he said he thought we've played the last three games. That last, when we, when we hit 60 minutes, we really sat back. But I didn't think it was that. Prominent against Newcastle, but Leeds last week and this week it was exactly the same again. And me and my dad yeah. were saying in, in, on the car on the way back, it should have like mirror image. It was a good job we had the two because I yeah, it'd been worrying. Nothing... If it'd only been one nil up, it would yeah. have been concerning. But then it when it gets to two one and you let yeah. yourself, yeah. you have to play a bit more defensive. And mm. yeah, I just thought. And bringing silver on in the last, what yeah. was that meant to do? Like bring Bolly yeah. on if you want. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing it anyway. I think you brought silver on more to do because silver will just run himself ragged at the top and chase for the balls and stuff like that. And as, as a bit of an outlet, I think. Although he didn't really come on for very, yeah. very long. Although like he looked two at minutes silver. or something, wasn't he? <laughs> he has started to fill out a bit, though, if you've noticed. Silver, yeah. it, which is good for him because he's still a young lad. Um, but yeah, he's going to play that sort of role, isn't he, Silver? Yeah, uh, still only, what, 18, anyway. 19? Yeah. yeah. So we've hopefully got his best year still to come. So, you hope um, so. I, yeah. I hope I've got my <laughs> best year still to come and I'm not 30 yet. So. <laughs> um, uh... so what was your overall, who was your man of the match? Who were you impressed with? With man of the match, I've got to pick one out of the three, but the three that stood out with Neves, Kilman again, he's been brilliant. He's my player of the season. Mm-hmm. But my man of the match has got to be Ait Nuri. Ait He's the last year, especially against Leeds and this week. It's like as if yeah. Lash, I know Marcel hasn't been fit, but I still think Ait Nuri would have started these two games because of the pacey wingers that both teams have had. And I think it was it, he's been his defensive work has been miles better than last season. Miles I better. thought both wing backs were good last night though as well. Yeah. Samedo was yeah. he he Samedo last night he, he really put himself about yeah and he didn't commit himself so easily at the back. He made a few blocks that needed to be, he didn't get sold. Um he had more of a he had more of a brain on him in terms of the defensive yeah. side of things, and I was really impressed with him. But ain't Norrie, you know, he's still a very young lad, he's some player he is. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he's, like he's, he's finding he's, his feet a bit more. 
I think we do need to talk about Kilman though, because yeah. we haven't mentioned Kilman much tonight. His overall contribution to me, you know, he's he was we bought him from Maidenhead, yeah, and loaned him out at one point to a club called Marlow, who I've never heard of, you know. They and treated now, last night, didn't they? Hey, they tweeted last night about him scoring. Yeah, and, oh, and now yeah. he is to me undroppable. Yeah, you can't replace him. This is my favourite meme that I've got being sent today. It says there's only one Kilimanjaro oh, with yeah. Kilman <laughs> at the top of Kilimanjaro. I'll tell you what's good about Kilman as well. It's, it's positional play. He's a, he's a big lad. He's strong. But you see some of the, the skills that he's got at his yeah. feet. The way he moves the ball. is He's a very skillful defender and he often goes on a drive and when he starts yeah. running with the ball they struggle to get it off him you'll see once or maybe twice a game he'll go on a surging run and he's yeah. got that in him and you know, the commentators say every, literally every time we're on the telly and they said it every time last year we were playing tick off bingo and we have like the the um futsal max kilman used to play futsal <laughs> no, yeah yeah yeah. I wasn't bringing that up again. I'll tell you what, it, the, what, if he carries on the way he is, he's going to get more than 25 caps for England Oh yeah, in the actual proper oh, you know, football team. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if... I'd, I'd love him to be called up in this, this batch of games coming up. He's, he, I, I, I just can't get over how good he is. Because I don't think... I've read somewhere today, and I told my brother, and he checked it as well, he can't actually be formally called up for Russia or Ukraine, which I know people have said he can draw his nationality to him through his yeah. dad. But um, under, because futsal, because he's played England futsal for England, futsal's governed by FIFA. Oh, is that right? He's good old futsal then? Already declared as, as English. So unless he turns around and one of Russia and Ukraine turn around and say, we want to push to get it changed, he can't officially be nabbed by Russia or Ukraine. So... Well, I think if it comes down to it, yeah, is he going to want to play for England or is he going to want to play for Ukraine who are never going to win anything? I mean, mm. play for England that you know are going to qualify for tournaments. I think. Yeah. How old, how, can someone tell us how old is Kilman? He's like twenty-three, I think. So he's not even reaching his peak. And defenders don't generally reach their peak until they get to sort of twenty-seven, twenty-eight years of age. Yeah. He's also got a degree because his mom said he needed to keep studying, so he did a degree <laughs> part time. I'd say that's one of the best signings, you know, him. And I don't would he have got this chance under Nuno? That's the question. No, I think well, they're, they're, reckoning in the, they're reckoning people the People wanted rid of him, didn't they? Yeah. And I, I, was, I was always a fan. Just Who that. wanted rid of him? But loads of people were saying in the, like, saying we needed to raise... You love him, don't you, Amy? We know you love I did him. last year as well. I'm not a bandwagon yeah. jumper. And then the, I, there was loads of people saying that, we needed to raise funds, and we should yeah. sell Kilman to a championship team to get a better centre back. A lot of people were saying. In your words, now were... aren't you, Huns? <laughs> I think a lot, a lot of people were saying when they were saying both him and Moutinho were going to be the first two out the doors. Well, and then look at both of them. He's he's literally he's got he's undroppable. I think he's yeah. been. A, I think he's going to if he carries on like this. I think he's going to win Player of the Season. Oh yeah. Definitely. And the header and the last night as well. The, he got onto it, headed Strong it in. Header, wasn't it? You know, That's he's got coming now, that on the corners. I know we don't mm. usually be. He's so men. tall. He's yeah. taller than like Cody, and Cody's quite tall, mm. isn't he? Anyway, who? What was your final rating? And then we'll um, we'll move on. 
I'm gonna say seven and a half. Seven Not quite an eight because he was like that like last week. Like, we hold on, hold on, Josh. Are you like our version of Craig Revel Hallwood or something like this? It's like <laughs> everyone else has been eight, eight point five, and yeah. you're like, oh, seven point five. Right, yeah. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just <laughs> saying you, if it you wasn't know. for it wasn't for the sixty minutes onwards where we were clinging on at two one, I'd, 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 I'd fully give it an eight. But um, seven and a half for me because the, the way, like you said last week, I don't know if it's Bruno telling him to sit back or if it's if it's the way we were being played against again. But just for that, seven and a half, but first half was just, just brilliant. No, that's fair enough. Um, and uh, as I say, you've gone for eight, Nuri, as your man of the match. Uh, Josh, absolute pleasure having you on again. Thank you very brilliant. much. Cheers, thank thanks you. very much. Much appreciated. We've got one more guest to come on. Brilliant uh, for Josh. Just a reminder to everyone, if you can support me on the, uh, the old Just Giving, it's in the... Uh, it's in the link below in the description. I'm doing the Molyneux Sleep Out to raise money for the Walls Foundation Feed Out Pack and the Homeless. So anyone that can support me in that, it would be appreciated. Final That's guest cool. today. Hello. Steve, Wolf Pack Owlers. How you doing, mate? Oh, I'm. Thank I was playing it when we drove back from the villa. We were playing the Wolf Pack Owlers on through the car. And had the windows wound down and probably nearly got a brick through the car. So um, <laughs> it's all your fault, mate. But we didn't get I'm it. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> we were yeah. fine. The car was intact. <laughs> well, well, my brother went to the game and he left on the 80th minute. <laughs> so he wasn't very happy. You know what, Steve? Went to the Villa game. My uh, niece's uh, husband went to the game. He doesn't get too many. He, got, he managed to get a late ticket. His friend couldn't go. And he left after 20 minutes. And I was saying to him, why are you going? Oh, walked off. And he missed one of the best the best comebacks ever. It's like it was, minutes, it, was pretty, it was pretty shocking up until then. But those 15 minutes, my boyfriend said to me at 75 minutes, it, we're going in a second. I said, I've not ever left a football match early and I don't intend to start now. Um, well, you learn the lesson, don't you, doing that? Because you do it once, you don't do it again, do you? I think. And that was one of those. Anything can happen. Anything can exactly. happen. So. Exactly. So, yeah, to yeah. be fair, it was awful up until 80 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I think he's mate. Anyway, he's doing again, you know, so. Everton. So, yeah. Yeah. could rejoice yeah. in the Villa, the Villa comeback forevermore. But Everton, how did you find last night, Steve? Loved it. Really loved it. Um, first half, my word, it was brilliant, wasn't it? You know, I loved the, it was it was so quick. And we were up-tempo, weren't we? And uh, we, looked, we just dominated the game uh, throughout. And some great, Great style of displays, I thought, as well. Uh, Neves, Kilman, Aitnori, fantastic. Uh, yeah, really, really good first half. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, second half, not quite so good, but I think it was a tactical change from them. I think we were a little bit too cautious second half. Um, do you think it was... What do you think? Was it? Do you think it was just a change in tactics from them that changed the game, or do you think it was anything that we yeah, could do Yeah, I think so. I think well. a, lack of, a lack of change from us. I was hoping... Uh, that uh, Bruno would do some second half just to change it up a little bit and to kind of counter what they were doing. And it seemed to keep everything the same. And we just sat more of that, kept sitting back more. And I was oh, just getting quite frustrated. Frustrating, wasn't it? I felt quite well, frustrated in the last 15 minutes because yeah. it just seemed to be backed up against the wall. Yeah. You look what the flare and stuff they've got available. Mm -hmm. It was just like, why are you, why are you doing something? Pope, I know, but that's really quite... 
agree with you. Second half, and Johnny was caught out forwards come on, wasn't it? Uh, just uh, I, need, I would have taken two men out of the game. I'm not not all the time, you know, but it would have been the danger man, and it would have. Uh, Relieved a lot of uh, pressure on our guys, but I've got to say mm-hmm. that first half display was was wonderful. Um, yeah, it was a yeah, it was good. It was fantastic. I've got to say it was quite quiet though yesterday. Uh, I'm South Bank, and usually it's proper loud. And where I am, fair play to the boys behind us. They were singing the right set all game, but it was a proper quiet. Stand. Where, you, where, where where are you in the in the stadium then, Steve? Uh, I'm S two, so I'm imagine you're North Bank, looking at the South Bank. I'm the top top left. Oh, you're right in the top left. Right yeah, top no, I, I think there was a little bit of nerves from about that 60th minute. I think they did that, that little bit of nervousness. I think everyone sensed it before they got that goal. Yeah. Um, you know, and also, obviously, you know, I mean, we've got to, we have to say as well, Wolf did a great job of paying respects uh, for the, um, obviously, the remembrance because it was our yeah. official remembrance fixture. And I thought the guy that played the last post, uh, absolutely spotless. And I thought it was on the whole, really, really well respected. Um, both teams, obviously, as well, paid that and the, and the fans did as well. So we should get that in, that uh, the Wolves paid uh, a real good respect to that as well, didn't they, last night? Yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah. Mm. Nice to see, you know, like, you know, it's all about, you know, respect for the guys. And, uh, yeah. These sort of things are important. So, I mean, who impressed you last night then, Steve? Well, it was a great Kilman was keeping in what he's been doing all season, really. I thought he looked really solid. He looked like, really confident. I thought Neves was a masterclass in midfield, dictated absolutely everything. But my shock was uh, Aitnori, the, their left-back. I thought his first half, he would he would uh, get the ball and be under pressure straight away. That right-hand side for them was their kind of uh, attacking option, I suppose. You, know, you have three men on him and he just do one killer pass. He'd take three men out of the game straight away. Um, it just looked. He looked fearless. Yeah, yes, there. No, he looked really confident. Provided some great passing. He was taking a few players on as well. He looked a really, really good player. I think Mark Al's lost his place. I think left back. Yeah, um, definitely. He was, he was. He was really good. He was my man of the match, definitely. So that that's quite interesting because it's it started off with a lot of Neves and Ike Nori's been up there. So it's very much split between everyone tonight. I, I think you, the, the both players that were picked out. I think. I mean, I went with Neves. Um, and in our match reaction, um, straight after the game, there was five of us. We had a net. If you haven't watched it, watch the um, the instant fan reaction back from last night because we had a Neves lookalike with us actually I on the from Germany. He's the app, yeah. and he's such a great lad, and he just looked the spit of Neves. Um, <laughs> and um, you know, ain't Nuri, I thought was, I mean, I, I, would you let Marcel back in now if he was fit? No. Yeah, his uh, his defending can be a little bit uh, erratic on it. I think he's he's like <laughs> that wrestle to the ground for that penalty. I forget who it was against now. I think he's. I know he's just cemented that place. He's got that bit of pace. And he's got something a bit extra. I think. Um, Mark Al's a good backup now. I think that's. I think I know he's definitely cemented his place. Um, so yeah, that's it. It's definitely in the team for me. I did. Mm-hmm. I did think we did need to have Toro on the pitch second half, but. Is something going on in the background uh, that we don't know about? Oh, they're trying to keep him off the pitch. That's the the, the the thing, isn't it? I mean, I think everyone can see Triori's potential, but he's, 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 again, this year, no assists, no goals. 
he mm. hasn't tried the new the new thing. What's going on in the background? And you know, is it unsettled? Is it been left out because he's not signed the contract? Was it tactical? Trinko, I thought, came in and did really, really well last night. Wang looks when he plays alongside Jimenez, the way they're linking up the vision, I mean, that's going to be, you know, not quite seen that since Jotter and Jimenez. We had a little bit of uh, Adama and Jimenez a couple of years ago, didn't we? Not quite happened. Trinko, Neto to come back, hopefully. Oh, yeah, I've got Neto. I forgot about yeah, Neto. Johnny. Johnny as well. So, I'm getting the team now. Uh, <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait for Neto to come back. Oh. Oh, if Neto oh, comes back and he's anything like he was before he got injured, he's just yeah. again. He'll be, I think he'll play better under Bruno because he's more he he's so attacking. It'll suit Neto to the T. Yeah, and he runs and runs and he Neto. He runs all over the pitches like a whip his knee and that. So and to uh, see it's, it's... him play more with Raul because we obviously didn't see that much last year. He's going to be right. can't wait. Yeah, and he developed that season, didn't he? When it was locked down, he was he developed into yeah. a fantastic player, really, really top, top, top player. And so, yeah, but it's done as a favour because I think he could have gone in the summer if he did not been injured. So that was the uh... oh my god. Um... Thank you, Chaotic Ranger, for that, for the charity you're going to do on the 12th of November. I will make sure that that money that you just donated goes into the uh, into the account. The link's on the in the description, but that's fantastic, mate. Thank you so much. I will put obviously that goes into the uh, into the uh, the account here, but I shall put that 50 quid, uh, and you'll see it put on there onto the. Uh, just giving page for the uh, for the sleep out. That's absolutely fantastic, mate. Thank you so much. Chaotic Rage has just donated fifty quid towards that amazing cause. If you, the rest of you, do want to donate, the link is in the description. Do it that way, direct if you can, or I'll just put it on there. Steve, um, your performance rating? Uh, I'll give it first half a nine, second half seven and a half. So I'll give it. 8.25. Yeah. 8.25, yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Quick math. It was a solid display. It was solid in there, yeah. We've definitely the better team. Yeah. Oh, we went to thank the, you. We went to the before the game, before they brought his mate, he lives at the, up, uh, the same road as him, he's an Everton fan. And we were in a debate about uh, who's the best striker, Richardson or him and his and he was like, Richardson all the way, definitely percent. I was thinking. I don't think so. I do lot I think you're trying to off his head. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Charleston always sent to tense to score against us. I didn't, he didn't really have much if unless we gave it to him last night. Mm. He uh, has one good game in 10, doesn't he, with Charleston and we and Jimenez is very reliable and I think he's by far the best striker. Absolutely. To finish yeah. off with um, your thoughts on, because um, it'd be interesting to get your perspective on uh, Saw as I keep it, our replacement to uh, to um, Patricio. I mean, yeah. Definite improvement, don't you think? I mean, distribution, fantastic. Um, Patricia, great shot stopper, don't get me wrong, but Sar seems to command the box a lot better. He seems a lot more passionate. Uh, he seems really happy to be here. Um, very, very good keeper. Very impressive. He made that slight error yesterday, but I'll forgive him for that because the save he made towards the end of the game was phenomenal, wasn't it? And uh, he's kept us in a few games. He's, he's uh, Look at his stats. I was watching on Sky Sports earlier on. He's, I think he's like fourth or fifth uh, Saved the, the most shots in the, in the league. He's, 
he's like fourth or fifth in, in the league, so he's um, he's done a good job for us. Yeah, Definitely. fantastic paper. Absolutely. Well, we've just about got getting to the uh, to the ninety minute mark. A full ninety minutes of uh, of extra time tonight. I just want to say a big thank you to all of our guests that have come on the uh, the show tonight. It's absolutely brilliant, and it's great to have a couple of Everton fans on as well, uh, giving their perspective. It's always good when you can get an opposition fan that come on. And you have to say a lot of respect to them for coming on because, you know, I've had other fans that have said from other teams that come on, they've lost and then they've disappeared and not come on. So to be able to come on to a Wolves channel and then talk about their thing, fair play to them. And obviously to all the Wolves fans that have come on tonight, um, wherever you've watched, whether it's been in a, a motorhome, whether it's at home on the, uh, the TV, whether it's in the South Bank, the uh, Billy Wright, the North Bank, or the Steve Bull. Um, great comments. But also, you guys in the chat, absolutely fantastic. I do watch the chat. Uh, there's some great discussion going on in there. Obviously, I'll put quite a few of your comments on the uh, the screen. And it's brilliant to see you guys engaging with the, uh, the live show. It's great to have Amy back. I know a lot of you have missed her, and hopefully she'll be back a little bit more regularly if we, if we can get her on. Uh, but obviously, since the pandemic, she's out and about uh, a lot more. Uh, but it's great to have you uh, as well back on again tonight, Amy. And we will be doing a podcast during the international break. And hopefully, Amy, if I give you enough notice, you can get onto that one this time, which will be Just good. give me enough notice. <laughs> if you've enjoyed uh, this particular uh, video uh, live show, please... Just take a second just to smash a like on the video. It lets YouTube know you enjoy this. Obviously, if you're watching this back on Catch Up Like BBC, I hope Flair after the event. Hope you've enjoyed it. And, of course, it will be out on podcast, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all great podcast providers uh, from um, Wednesday, which is um, tomorrow as we're recording this. So, you know, please leave us a rating on your podcast, and it will be out tomorrow morning. And uh, Steve, thank you so much. Amy, thank you much. And thanks to thank everyone. You. Well, much appreciate. The one thing that we have to say, Palace is next. Let's hope we can get uh, three points again there. And God bless to you and your family, wherever you're listening or watching in the world. And last but not least, always Wolves. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates are already booked in for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered 
by fans. <laughs> 